Hello, this is Lorenzo Della Foresta, and I'm the lead pastor at River's Edge. Welcome to our podcast. Thank you for joining us. I hope this talk inspires you, encourages you, and transforms you. Today is the continuation of a spiritual conversation that has been taking place between you and Jesus. I'm certain that you'll be blessed by His Word, and I believe that God has great things in store for you because you already belong. Enjoy the message. really wonderful opportunity. Um, last time I was there, and just by the way, uh, as a matter of introduction, uh, you may note a little, little slight francophone accent. So, uh, and it's okay, don't adjust your ears. Uh, it's completely normal. My parents come from Dolbeau, Lac Saint-Jean. Okay, that's really not renowned for uh, their anglophone speaking language. Uh, so it's basically a miracle that I, I'm able to talk to you this morning. My mother taught me everything in English. In English, basically the basis was yes, no toaster. And uh, today, that's what it gives. So thanks to my mother this morning. Yes, sir. But more, more seriously, uh, one thing that I wanted to mention, uh, last time was a year and a half ago, uh, when uh, in fact it was in March, and it was the beginning of the pandemic. That was the last time I was there uh, uh, sharing a, a little message. And things have changed a lot since March. Uh, the building was in a really bad, uh, bad place or bad organization. It was really, the, every, we had a flood for those of you who weren't uh, aware of that. So the building was not looking well at all. Uh, we uh, were having some technical difficulties to be able to just share and be able to have our, our community together. I was talking to a camera and there was nobody and uh, also even at the administrative level and in our organization with the boards and all of that, there was some progress and improvement that needed to be made. And, yet, and also we were all wondering, will we be ever again meeting all together? And then fast forward a year and a half after, and we're there, the space is renovated, we can hug each other, we can see each other, uh, we're seeing the light, uh, finally, of that pandemic. We're in a really well, better position in terms of organization. Yolanda, our uh, director of administration and finance, is helping uh, Lorenzo uh, with these, uh, all these tasks. Uh, there's a big burden that I've been alleviated from the board's shoulder with uh, her help. And then here we are, a year and a half after, and we're progressing. Yeah, so that's really encouraging. So this morning, uh, what I wanted to share with you is really, and I, I want to set the context a little bit. It was based on exchange that I had with my kids um, uh, recently. And uh, my kids are 12, 14, and 16 years old. So they're really teenager. And uh, for those who don't have any teenagers, that's really where the things uh, are beginning to be. Um, one of my kids is there today, so I just want to mention that really carefully. <laughs> So it, it, things are being uh, fantastic. That was the word. <laughs> so, and I'll just take an example. Uh, for, for instance, going to the church on Sunday morning. Okay, you're going to the church Sunday morning, and really that's kind of embedded in the habits of the family. 
And basically, even myself and my wife, we're not that much challenging that. It's just something that is mutually accepted in the way of we're doing things here in our family. But then comes the teenager years. And, and this is really something that is surprising because there's no, there's no advice, there's not, no, nothing. It's just a Monday morning, a Sunday morning where you're not challenging the state of life. Life's flow. It's just the way things are. And then suddenly a question is, I don't want to go to church this morning. Why should I go to church? <laughs> Dude, we're in a hurry. I really need to go. It's, it, it, why are you challenging that importance, that, that, that basic of the, find, uh, the, the foundation of our family, the pillars? And then basically, she was right. Why are we going to the church this morning? And then, and we had, obviously, I wasn't really ready for that kind of discussion, especially like if you want to have an intelligent one, because you don't want to just smash them some kind of truth and accept that, or what you think is the truth, which appears to be even more difficult to handle. So anyway, so we kind of managed some kind of improvisation on that topics, which what we do in terms of parents where we're not prepared for that kind of question. And it happens on other topics also as well. And it's maybe for another series of message, I think. But anyway, uh, everything related to frequentation, sexuality, and all these interesting topics that are a uh, really long discussion and the hours to come at the home and all of that. So coming back to the, the church that Monday morning, that uh, Sunday morning, we managed to have some kind of an explanation and find something. But really, the question left was really sinking in my head, and I was wondering, really, were we having the right discussion? When we're talking about Jesus, and it's the same thing I'm talking my, about my teenager, but it's the same thing where we're talking with work colleagues or people that don't know Jesus or Christianity. Sometimes we're talking about tithing. We're talking about some principle. Oh my gosh, you're, not, uh, you're, you're, uh, you're, you're supposed to wait uh, for sexuality after marriage. That is Christian. Christianity is waiting to have sex after marriage. That's one of the brand of Christianity. And another brand of Christianity is 10% being paid to the church. That is Christianity. Christianity is go to church physically each morning. That's the only way. Then came the pandemic. And th these are kind of the truths that are there that could mix up in our minds and saying, is this really what Christianity and Jesus is about? When Jesus came on earth 2,000 years ago, was it really about these things? And although these things and principles are important, but is Christianity and Jesus about that? So, and this is really the question that I wanted to ask uh, you this morning and, and invite you in the reflection and the thinking process I had around that. So does it make sense? Is it interesting? And, and you understand that it applies really well to anybody that don't know Christianity and then when they know us as Christian and see our life habits, they could see that as Christianity or the reason why Jesus, although it's not necessarily the case, Jesus is so much more than that. But what is Jesus if it's so much more than that? And is there an elevator pitch for Jesus? You know the kind of pitch you can do in like one sentence. 
not the kind of big 45 minutes that I'm doing when there are kids, when they're asking me a question, and then finally I repeat myself on and on and on and on, and they're just bored, and they're not taking drugs, but they want to take drugs because I'm talking too much. So that's the kind of situation that we want to avoid, you know? So anyway, the elevator pitch for Jesus, the why Jesus, that's really what I want to share with you this morning. So, but before looking at that reason of the why Jesus, I thought it would be important to see four bad reasons for why Jesus. Really bad reason, and they are shocking bad reason, because you'll see those are real things about Jesus. But is this the thing about Jesus? Because we're hearing a lot of things. We're hearing a lot of things in, in church circles about Jesus. And, and, and if you've been in churches for long enough, you probably made mistakes, as I have made mistakes, considering some important pieces and other aspects more secondary, and we've made some excess in all those elements. And we maybe hurt people in that, and we maybe alienate, more importantly, alienate people also because of our orthodoxy are these kind of too much passion for the wrong things. So let's look at these four bad reasons before looking at what could be the reason of Jesus on earth. So the first bad reason this morning that I want to share with you, and this is this first slide there, he came on earth to essentially give us some new moral teaching. He shared 2,000 years ago, he came on earth and shared to us some new moral te teaching. Like if the human species was in lack of that, these kind of principles. So he came and shared with us some moral principles. But the thing is, with that moral principle, if he was coming for that, there was a lot of other teachers. And even when we were referring also to uh, the, the Romans and the philosophy and all of that, so it, was this really what distinguished Jesus? However, he was certainly a, a teacher, I'm not challenging that, and he was giving moral principles. But is this the reason why Jesus came on earth, giving us new moral principle? And the answer to that question is no. Neither for the, 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 the second bad reason Jesus came on earth was to give us a perfect moral example. So not only a teacher, but someone who really, in the way he behaved, exemplify the perfection of applying a moral principle. Obviously, Jesus was that. I strongly believe that. No doubt about that. But was this the reason why he came on earth? To give us the example, perfect example, perfect model to follow. Was this the reason why he came on earth? And the answer to that is no. Because think about that. If when you're seeing an athlete, and for me, any sport that I've tried to play really collapsed uh, pretty, pretty soon. The, the, there's a traumatism, je sais pas si traumatisme d'enfance. Children, traumatism, let's say. So uh, the, about a soccer game that I played at some point in time, it was the first time I, I was invited to play soccer. It was a tournament, so mistake after mistake. You could imagine first time soccer, first time tournament. So anyway, there's some kind of kicking the ball in front of the 
the net and all of that, and I was really, I wasn't in the goal, I was just a player, and then I took the ball and gave it to, the, to my buddy that was in the net, and then suddenly someone yelled at me, the, the whistle blow and that, <laughs> and then there was a penalty shot and all of that, and all of, because of what kind of freaking loser, that was me, I was the loss, and that's the first time I tried to play, I was seven years old or eight years old, that was the last time I played any sport. Coming back to our story now, when you were looking at athlete, like I'm looking at soccer athlete, I, the only thing, I'm not compelled to that or that image and trying to apply that because I remember the, the, this, the, the, the traumatism that I had when I was younger. And I know that it is certainly something that I could reach. So Jesus, when we're looking at Jesus as this physical example, exemplifying the perfection, Yes, it could create some kind of appeal, but it also could discourage us. So, why Jesus? Another one, the thir the th a third bad reason, and that one is really subtle, is to go to heaven when we die. And this one, and even with my own child, and even in my own thinking, the why Jesus, it's all about going to heaven when we die. And I do believe that there is... Uh, eternal consequences toward choice and actions that we're doing today on earth. I, I, I'm not challenging that. But is the focal point of Jesus being to go to heaven when we die and then forgetting everything from now and then? And this conduct to all kind of abuse in terms even of the planet. You probably hear some people saying that everything will be destruct or renewed depending on what you believe in. And then therefore, we don't care about the planet. That's okay. And, but is this, and even like if you're thinking about your own life saying, oh, I'm living a lot of struggle. I'm living some difficulties and all of that. But thank God, I'll go to heaven when I die. So, okay, that's good, that's super, but what happened? You're just condemned to pain, sorrow, sadness, to the day you die and go to heaven? That's the reason why Jesus came on earth, to give you that distant faith, and when you die, you're going to go to heaven? We're missing a big, big point when the focal point of Jesus' ministry is uh, to go to heaven when we die. And the fourth thing fourth bad reason is to give us some updated teachings about God. So obviously, if we want to know a little bit more of God, who he is, we can look at Jesus, at the person of Jesus. Many passages in the Bible uh, is doing that association and help us to understand better the Father through the Son, Jesus. And this is obviously something extremely interesting to, to, develop, and to, to develop and to know, no doubt about that. But again, is this the focal point of his ministry on earth? And their answer to that is no. Because when we're looking at these elements that we're referring to the knowledge, it's like if the coming of Jesus on earth was to give us better information. Like if the humanity problem is lack of information or need of a better knowledge. And this is a false basis to understand Jesus appropriately. And what is that good basis to frame Jesus and humanity is the, base, is the following basis. It's the fact that we're lost, that we are lost, and we need someone 
to come and find us, that we are stuck in quicksand and we need someone to rescue us, and that we are currently dying and that we need a new life. This is the basis. It's not a lack of information. It's to be able to understand that we are lost, that we need rescue, and that we, need a, we are dying and we need a new life. And you could say to me, and I know it's going fast, and, I, and you, you may say, and if you want to ask me some question after, it will be my pleasure. We're doing something in 30 minutes that we, talk for, we could talk for hours. So I know I, I'm being a bit expedite on some points and not necessarily refining the thoughts, and I don't want, um, I don't want to rush anything, but just follow me on that, that I understand that I'm being some assumption that are maybe... Uh, that, are, that could maybe be discussed, and that could be a pleasure for me to, uh, to discuss that with you with more detail, and I know Lorenzo will be a pleasure to do that, and some other of my friends like uh, Brian as well. So anyway, coming back to our story about framing that, loss, need of rescue, and need, need of a new life. And you could say to me, Johan, vraiment, look at everything, look at the progress we've done. And I've read something recently that was really awesome. If we are so good, as a human species, and looking at intelligence, artificial intelligence, that's awesome. That's, I mean, that's but really, and all the creation, the construct, the buildings, everything that we're doing, the challenge, even the pandemic that we're able to manage, like in some kind of appropriate delays. So we're really progressing. We're not dying as a society. We're flourishing. We're maybe at the. We're, it, we're, it's like we're pushing the ceiling up, uh, up and up and up. We're just growing incredibly. However, it's not coming from me. I, I've heard or read that uh, recently. But the relationship, the war between the country, the, 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 the um, difficulties that we're facing in families, in, in, in workplaces, the, the challenge we have as human species just to be able to tolerate our wife, our husband, we've never been able yet, with all that incredible progress we've made, we're still juggling and, and fighting with the basic, the essence of who it is to be a human being. We've never solved that. We've had progress in that area. We're still at the basis and still feeling stuck, trapped, dying, and still in our heart, longing for something better than what we experience. Because if we take a minute and if we close our eyes and we're looking at, we remove all the noise and all these progress, and we're saying to ourselves, and I really feel as a human being, am I really having the value that I, and being acknowledged for the value I am, do I feel appropriate love, appropriately love, and do I love appropriately the people around me? And when we close our eyes and we answer to the, the, these questions, we realize sometimes that we're lost, stuck, and dying, and thirsting, and thirsty for a new life. And this is exactly the reason of why Jesus. So if we have to frame and, and to have a, 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 that famous elevator pitch about Jesus, Jesus is about life. He's a life giver. He's a life saver. So when we're thinking about Christianity, 
It's not about principles. It's not about new teaching. It's about a new life. It's really about that opportunity to come to find us, save us, and giving us a new life in him. So when we need to talk about Christianity, it's not about principles. It's not about habits. It's not about the, these, these things that we're discussing sometimes that is hurting a bit people's minds saying, oh my gosh, is this what is Christianity about? And it's really not interesting. Like pay the tithe, pay 10%. Does it make any sense in itself? It's really repelling if it's not, there's no, you couldn't feel compelled by any of this. But if we're thinking about Jesus as a life giver, a life saver, this changed completely the perspective of all the rest. So when we need to present and to talk to even our children and people around us, and if you don't know Jesus also, and you've heard a lot of things about Jesus, the thing we need to not forget about Jesus, and this is the essential, is do you have that life? Do you enjoy that life of abundance? Because this is the reason to why Jesus. And this is what you find on, on, on that slide. Um, I think it's the, the fifth one. But Jesus is the one who come to save, find us, save us, and give us a new life. That was the reason of Jesus. And just to, to mention something also quickly about that. We're talking about Jesus as a lifesaver, but one of the things that is also important and that we could discuss also really for a long time also is just Jesus is not about coming like an alien in some time in this time sphere and boop, 2,000 years ago, boop, here he comes. He's a life giver and that's, that's all. Jesus is... God's promise to humanity. Jesus is coming to the climax of Israel's story. This is where, this is really the context of Jesus. And this is also certainly something important. When we're having discussion with our friends and even with our, with our children about all the different stories that is happening in the Bible, these are real stories. There is a continuum of times that is happening and Jesus is coming at a certain point in time, at the climax of Israel's story, to answer God's promise to his people. So this is really where Jesus is located. And the promise of his life is really answering that God's rescue plan for humanity. This is an answer to that God's rescue plan. So coming back to uh, that, that rescue plan, if we're looking, and I just want to... Uh, quickly look at a two verse in John, uh, John chapter one, that is obviously one of the, the, my favorite one in the first chapter, when John is referring to Jesus, calling him the word, and he's saying, in him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. So Jesus was targeted as the life. Jesus is about life. It's not about teaching. It's not about behavior. It's about life. When we're talking about Jesus, we're talking about life. And then Jesus talking about himself, he's saying that the thief comes only to steal and kill, steal and kill and destroy. 
but I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. So the, the idea in the ministry of Jesus and the idea where we came on there is really about having life, but having life to the full. This is really the standard we need to benchmark our life against. So let's pause a minute on that. And I'll talk about my own life. Sometimes, in the midst of everything that is happening, the work is really going crazy, all kind of situation in family, uh, it, it, all kind of preoccupation of all sorts. And now, when I take a pause, I could think about, uh, am I being honest? Am I telling the truth? Am I, am I being just? Am I doing a good role as a father? Am I being a good son? Am I, am I being a, a good brother? These could all be benchmark that I could benchmark my life against and evaluate where am I going. But the benchmark of our life, when we're looking at, the, at what Jesus himself mentioned, he came to give us life and give us life abundantly. So are we living an abundant life? And I'm not saying about the, the, uh, the gospel of prosperity this morning. I'm not talking about that. But do we feel fully alive? fully driven by the faith we have that God and Jesus will help us in the difficulties that I have right now. I know that I'm going to go to heaven eventually, and I know that I will, I'll be renewed eventually. But right now, I know that I could have that relationship with Jesus that is helping me right now to live a radically different life than someone who has not the opportunity to know that life with Jesus. This is the benchmark. So if I'm that worried, I'm as worried as I was before I know Jesus, there's something lacking in my life. I've lost that connection. And I can pray and I could, um, I could desire and, and expect that God will answer me if I'm asking him for more peace, to restore that relationship, to work on that character of me that is maybe not appropriate and believe that God will do that miracle in my life. And, and, and talking about miracle, and let's just go to, to about that mission that we have, if we can go to the other slide with the, the verse of Matthew. And this is really the, the, the mission that we have. You are the light of the world. So light and life that's that concept that we, that, that we just associated with the previous, for, the previous verse. But we are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives life to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others. Let your light shine before others. That's our mission when we have that life in us, we are working to do a better work as a carpenter, to better work as, a, uh, as an accountant, to take care of the relationship and the people around us, to be able to take care of the planet in a way that wasn't maybe necessarily possible before. But we can embrace that new life. In fact, not we can. When we choose that life, when we explore that life with Jesus, we now the, we are now agent of that new life in the world around us. So this is really what Jesus is about. 
it's about a life and a life of abundance. So in conclusion, what I wanted to, to invite you in terms of questioning is when we're looking at that benchmark of abundant life, and when we're looking at what we're living, and, and, and then all the events that are there, and sometimes the anxiety, the, 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 the different challenges that we juggle with, and, and we feel sometimes a little bit stuck, and we feel that we're still in that prison, and limited also by our, our abilities or the circumstances. But when we have chosen the life in Jesus, those limits are removed, and we can expect Jesus to act in our life. We can expect and we and must expect that kind of miracles. And, and I, want to think, I, I, want, I want just to invite you to think about something. And it's not necessarily uh, something that I've measured statistically, but bear with me for that, for that one. We sometimes look for miracles from Jesus, and we're really looking for sometimes the more um, uh, visible one, uh, our healing miracle and all these. And, and sometimes we don't understand why it's not happening the way we are expecting things to happen. But I believe the, 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 the more visible way to see Jesus in action is really when we're inviting him to let him grow in our life and in the situation and the challenge that we're living. When we put him in challenge, in, in, in all, when we challenge him to act in different elements of our life and we're not living it like if we were with no, with no means or no new tools when we're living by our own versus really believing in God and letting him act in our life, we're seeing more and more miracles. I think the, 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 there's a really big quantity of miracles that are acting. And for me, I strongly believe in God and I'm seeing him acting in a lot of different levels in the past, but more and more in all these different little actions that I can see that it's more than coincidence, mere coincidence. It's really him helping me to work in the different situation and being able to live a life of abundance. So this morning also you may not really, not necessarily have the opportunity to embrace that new life with God. And this is maybe something that you're saying that Jesus and that new life, you've never let him act in yours, and you never necessarily decide to say at one at certain point in time to say, Jesus, I want to give you my life. I want to give you my life, and I want to live it according to yours. I want to live according to your life. I want your life in me, and the way I'm living it right now, I just want to give it to you. I want to live a new life. And this is certainly an invitation that is worth to be mentioned this morning. So, what I, I, I will ask you, just, just going to close uh, this uh, little message with a short prayer, and it's going to be the end. So, Jesus, uh, thanks for uh, that visit 2,000 years ago. Thanks for taking that moment to save us, to find us, and to give us life. What I ask you this morning, Jesus, is really for all of us that already put our faith in you and that is maybe not 
experiencing a life of abundance. And you know all of the heart. You know everyone, all the struggle, all the challenges that we have. And you probably hear all the cry for all the people here for some situation. Where we just want Jesus to open the, the door of our life to act on these elements. We want to see these miracles. We want to, you to form and reform our life. We really want to grow in that life of abundance. And for those of you this morning who, who may not have had the pleasure yet to know you, Jesus, and that in their hearts saying, I want to know you more. I want to give you my life, Jesus. I just want you to hear the cry of these people and really take place into their heart and start with them to live that life of abundance and that new life and explore the new possibility that you have given us. So in your name, I pray this this morning. Amen. Thank you for joining us on the River's Edge podcast. I encourage you to take the message you have just received and allow it to go deeply into your soul. Let Jesus do the work that only he can do. A heartfelt thank you to all those that generously give to River's Edge and make this podcast possible. You too can be a part of spreading this message and creating life change all over the world by going to riversedge.life slash give. You can also subscribe, rate, and share this podcast. Thanks again for listening and God bless you immensely.